kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider sharing it with a teacher, a classmate, a relative, or someone you think should hear it. And thanks. What is money? Wait, no, no, I don't mean it in that way. I know what money is, the stuff that I use to buy other stuff. But what I mean is, how do you explain what exactly money is? Money is the substance you use to buy things. Money is stuff you buy stuff with. Whoa, what a hard question, Matthew. Um, Money has been a thing for thousands of years. It's simply a tool. It's a tool that helps us get things, things we either need or we want. And if we look at it in simple terms, I think it's the best way to understanding that money is just a tool. Money is not an objective. Money is not something out of the ordinary. It's simply a tool that can help us get what we need or want. Welcome to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and I'm your host. The voices you heard at the top of our show were from Christina, Demetria, and Adam. Each week, we talk about the big things going on in your world with a different author from our Kid's Book About series. Hi, my name is Adam Stromwasser, and I'm a husband, a father, the founder of Fintel Hub, a movement that empowers the Hispanic community through financial education. And I am the author of a kid's book about money. You use money, you spend money, you want money, but do you understand how money gets its value or how that value can be expressed through spending or saving or giving? That is what is on the playbill for today. Because understanding how money works can help you use money more wisely. Would you agree, Adam? Yeah, 100%. Each country has their own dynamic. And the way the the value of money moves in China or in Venezuela, where I'm from, compared to the U.S., uh, is completely different. And it depends on the strength of the economy of every country. And it depends on the decisions, the rational decisions made by each country. Economy. That's a word I bet most people have a hard time explaining. Do you know what an economy is? Do you have a grown-up nearby that can try to explain what an economy is? You're welcome to pause and investigate. I will tell you that I do not have a good explanation for economy. That is, until Adam explained it to me this way. Yeah, that's an incredible word, really. Economy is the... um representation of the value that every individual adds to society. So you, for example, Matthew, you're hosting this podcast, okay? And me, I teach about finance. Each one of us adds value somehow to the system where we live in. And the economy is the aggregate of all the values that we add and the representation of how we're all productive in this world. 
We all contribute to how businesses and companies work and thrive by spending our money in those businesses or by using the resources made by companies or by working to provide a service to others. And all of that has value. The aggregate, which is another way of saying the collection or the combination of all of that is what we call the economy. An economy isn't something you can touch and feel, but it is something you can notice. And I bet a lot of you did notice recently throughout the global pandemic caused by COVID-19. The pandemic forced many people out of work. It caused many businesses to close. People could not or were not able to work or shop or do many other things as easily as they did before. And so that affected not only our economy, but the economies of countries all around the world. So the U.S. has been forever one of the most stable countries in the world. So the value of the U.S. dollars has been pretty much stable. But if you compare it to countries that have been maybe a little bit more unpredictable or go, countries that have gone through wars or through economic crisis, through difficult situations, their value of their money tends to be much weaker and tends to go go like a roller coaster, Matthew. It goes, it goes like up and down uh, without much uh, way to predict what's going to happen. The value of money in countries with a healthy economy is more stable, which means that it's worth the same from one day to the next. You have a dollar and you can use it to buy one pack of gum when you go to the store. The value of money in countries with a weaker economy fluctuates or is more unstable, which means that the price is not steady. You've still got that dollar, but now you can't buy the pack of gum because the price rose to $2 or $5. You are suddenly not able to buy as much today with the money you could have before the change in the economy. Imagine how difficult it might be to be able to pay for things like rent or an apartment or a mortgage payment on a house, a weekly grocery bill, the cost of filling your car's gas tank, if suddenly the money you had saved isn't worth as much as you thought it was. Countries that don't have a strong economy are the result of so many of their citizens not being able to work, to earn, and to spend money, or to make purchases at the same rate as other more stable countries. Exactly. Maybe these are countries that have lots of their citizens without jobs. Maybe these are countries that are going through difficult times, like we said before, through wars or through economic crises that cannot add to their country, that, that cannot add value because they're, they're out of jobs or they're, they're out of opportunities, or maybe they don't have the technological advances that we have that allows them to be more productive. So everything, you know, will play a role in an economy. And that's why the more, the, the more advanced, sophisticated, and the more productive we can be as a, as a group of people that form an economy, the stronger the economy will be and the higher quality of life their individuals in that economy will have. As Adam said, strong economies are often found in countries where they're making great technological advances, which means they're making the new tech tools and phones and vehicles and video game consoles and medical equipment that the rest of the world wants and needs and values. Technological is a word that comes from technology. Money is something that only works when we have 
what we call a, a market, right? When we have many people involved in the exchange of this tool that we're talking about. So the different people that participate in this system of exchanging this tool called money, okay, that creates what we call a market. The value of money will change over time depending on how many people are looking to get more money or are looking to either dispose of or are not interested anymore in that type of money. So it depends on the participation of every individual that uh, forms that market. So it depends on, on all of us, really. If people all around the world want to purchase the things that you're creating, that helps to give your money or your product more value. And if people aren't, then the opposite can happen. It's all connected from the things we make and where those things are made to the things we want and where those things come from, like one big ecosystem. And that money you're saving in your bank or spending at a store or giving to someone you think might need it more than you, that's all part of this ecosystem too. And that is exactly what we're talking about right after we return from this quick break. Hey, grown-ups! with over a hundred different titles in our A Kid's Book About series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you it's very, very evident, right? Because I like to say, your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of A Kid's Book About Belonging. Check out our Kevin Talks About Belonging episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life. And when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. Welcome back to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about money with A Kid's Book About author Adam Stramwasser. A Kid's Book About, for me, started from being part of, uh, we're part of a group of um, youth speakers called uh, Top Youth Speakers. My wife and I speak to schools, youth organizations, um, to even companies. We, we speak around, you know, subjects of empowerment and motivation. And when we had the opportunity to, to meet Jelani, to meet the founders of A Kid's Book About and learn their beautiful project of having all this super important topics be uh, written for kids in a way that are, you know, direct and, and true and important and not underestimating the intelligence of children. I was bought at that moment. Like I was, I was in at that moment. I knew that I had to be involved with that project. I knew that I wanted to take my, my, my knowledge from not only from speaking, but take it into writing this very special book to empower kids to learn the best ways to use their tool. 
using his experiences to empower kids. I like that. Adam fits right in here at a kid's book about. So everybody, now that we've spent a little time talking about money from a number of different angles, tell me, how does having money or not having money make you feel? Happy, because then you can buy lots and lots of stuff. Sometimes money makes me feel anxious because I don't want people spending too much on me. Ooh, I love that question. I love that question because, as I said, money is a tool. So money really shouldn't make you feel anything. It's what you do with money, okay, what what would maybe make you feel stuff. So if you have money and you use it for good things, for sure you're going to feel good. Now, if you have money and you use it for the wrong things, even if you have a lot of money, you may even not feel that good. So having money or not having money really shouldn't have to do with feeling good or not feeling good. People that have very, very little money, you know, people that don't have maybe a lot of money are people that are that can be perfectly happy because they know how to live with that amount of money and they know that they can be happy with that. I've known and I've coached and I've um, advised several people that have millions of dollars, Matthew, and that don't feel good about what they do about their lives. They're not completely happy with millions of dollars. And I've known people that have only a few bucks and that are completely happy with life. So it really is about ourselves. I think the most important part is to evaluate ourselves and evaluate how we want to live life and what we can do and, and the best that we can do with the amount of money that we have. I think that we can all can get more money. I think that we all have a, a huge potential to get more money. But the most important question is, what do we want to do with that extra money? Adam talks about the three main ways we can use money. Remember, money is a tool. It's something that you use to help bring about a change. You should have like three buckets to live life responsibly and to live in a way that you can that you can have uh, the tranquility, the calm, that you're doing the, the, the right stuff with your money. If you have money and you set some of that money in a bucket called saving, you know that you're taking care of your future desires or your future needs. Uh, you know that you're taking care of your future uh, versions of yourselves. So you know that maybe in the future you you want to buy maybe a car in the future. You want to be able to say, hey, when I turn 18, I want to have a car. <laughs> and that's totally valid. So that's why you have to have a bucket for things that you want in the future. And that's why um, you use the bucket of savings. You need to save money today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow in order to be able to use that money in the future. Then you have the second bucket. It's called spending. Spending is what you use your money today for. And that also needs to be aligned with your values, Matthew. If you spend all of your money on stuff you re you really don't need and stuff you maybe even don't want for yourself, but you buy it maybe to impress friends or maybe because you think you should have that, but maybe in the deep down you really don't need that. That's the way you, you, you spend the money. And if you spend it on stuff that are not aligned to your values, to your real needs and wants, then money is not going to be good. You're not going to feel good about having that money and, and using that money. 
So you, we, we got to be very intelligent and very smart in the ways that we save money, in the way that we spend money, and very important, Matthew, the third bucket, giving. Giving, it's one of the most beautiful things about money, and it's the power that we have to spread our generosity, to spread our love, to spread our, our values and our interests in a way that can help other people, other causes, in a way that can really make an impact in this world beyond our needs or wants. And that, I think, Matthew, it's my favorite part about the idea of having money, of working for that extra money. It's it's knowing that I'm going to be able to share it in a way that can have a higher impact than just my needs or wants. Here's Christina, one of our listeners, with a perfect follow-up question. What does investing money mean? Investing is really placing your money, it's really assigning your money to a vision, to something that you believe that can become something greater than the money that you have. It's believing in projects that can turn into something bigger. It's believing in causes that can turn into greater impacts. So you can invest in people that have businesses that can maybe give you more money in return for the money that you initially invested in. Maybe it can be investing in in the healing of the world through environmental impact. It can may, maybe, you know, investing in projects that can make a wor- the world uh, much better. So you'll get in return maybe not money, but maybe a better world. Investing can be many things if you use it wisely, if you know what you're doing, if investing is, is aligned to your values. So when it comes to investing, Matthew... I think the most important part is to be very informed about what you're investing in. And it has to be very aligned to your values. You have to know why you are investing that money. And you have to have the vision to what you want your money to become with that investment. Have you ever heard of the website Kickstarter? It's a place where people can post the projects they're working on and request that others support or invest in their project so that it can be made. It's a pretty amazing place to witness people creating pretty amazing things. I've invested in board games, video games, bookstores, and graphic novels. Not to buy a product, but rather to help that product be created and made available to people all over the world. Investing can be a pretty cool thing. And with that... I want to pass things back over to Adam for one final thought on money. Because how we believe in money and what we do with money comes down to us. And it comes down to you. That's a fascinating question, Matthew. And I think that um, when we're very true to ourselves, when we really explore deep inside of us our real need and uh, and our real wants, we can know how to best use our money and we can know that we can also use the money for the benefit of something greater or beyond uh, our needs and, and wants. And that goes back again to the part of giving, right? To the bucket of giving. That goes back again to what do we want to do with our resources, with our money, beyond the things that we want for ourselves. 
and understanding that there are other people that may have different needs, other people that are struggling somehow and have a need for shelter, a need for food, a need for different types of services. And, you know, maybe they're not in a position right now to pay for that need. They're not in a country maybe that that allows them to, to gain access to that need. And when we are true to ourselves and when we connect to our values and the things that we really want out of this world, to live in a kinder, in a fair world, we can use our money and we can use our way of managing our money to also assign it to help others in need. So we can know, Matthew, that, okay, we have enough with this and we want to set aside this amount of money to help you know, that group of kids that don't have any food today on the table or that don't have access to water or that, you know, don't have a way to go to school, maybe. Money can definitely get us either into trouble or into, it can lead us to trouble or it can lead us to a very happy and fulfilled life. The best way that money can lead us into a very happy and fulfilled life is to always live very true to ourselves. And is to always, always connect to the most human and beautiful emotions that we have and connect to the real values that make us who we are and not who we expect other people or we uh, think other people expect us of us or we uh, feel that will make us belong better. No, let's just always stick to our values. Let's always stick to the way we would like to live this life and use that money accordingly to that. Thank you to Adam Stramwasser, author of A Kid's Book About Money, for joining us today. And thank you to Christina and to Demetria for adding your voices to the show. If you want to be on a future episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast, or if you have a question you'd like us to consider, have a grown-up email us at listen at listenatakidspodcastabout.com and we'll send you the details. A Kid's Book About, the podcast, is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner, with help from Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show was brought to you by A Kid's Podcast About. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts and wherever podcasts are found. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend, teacher, or grown-up. Join us next week for a conversation about bravery with Rick DeLuca, author and illustrator of A Little Book About Bravery. Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co., and I also host A Kids Book About the Podcast, and worth noting, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.